are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Huda Nation and Huda family? Welcome into this Wednesday edition of Locked On Saints, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, and your host covering your New Orleans Saints every single Monday through Friday. Today's episode of Locked On Saints is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market with new flavors available now in peach cobbler and mango. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box. On today's episode, we're starting off with some clips from Ty Montgomery's introductory press conference that he held with local media. We'll hear from him about why he felt that New Orleans was the best fit for him, his usage, and what he can bring to the team. Then we'll talk a little bit about Michael Thomas as he continues to battle with lesser receivers on social media. And to wrap up the show, the Saints defense has the longest active streak of not allowing a 100-yard rusher in a single game. Who are the 2020 backs that they'll face that have the best chance to be the first to do it in multiple seasons? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. Ty Montgomery spent some time with local New Orleans media to talk a little bit about why he felt New Orleans was the perfect fit and what he can bring to the team. That's our New Orleans Saints lead story of the day today with Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. To start off the press conference, Ty Montgomery introduced himself as is customary, but then pretty much immediately went to a really in-depth look at why he chose New Orleans and why he felt that it was the best fit for him using guys like Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara, these guys that are already on the team that have versatility and that can fill multiple roles as examples of what he can bring coming into New Orleans. Speaking with my agent, this was just a perfect opportunity for someone in my position who, um, I guess you could say, has kind of struggled a little bit in trying to find my niche or my role in offenses, just you know, being drafted as a receiver and then moving a running back, um, sort of being in different boxes and trying to figure out, you know, how to fit, you know, the best in an offense. And I think the Saints offense gives me that. Obviously, with guys like Alvin Kamara, they've shown what they can do with guys like him. Taysom Hill, they've shown what they can do with guys like him. Just other guys as well over the years. Um, Coach Sean Payton and his offense has just sort of been – I guess you could say notorious for putting guys in, in, in the best positions to be successful and being very creative on offense. Ty then took a moment to expand a little bit on the idea of being put into a box when you have the ability to be effective on the field from so many different places and why New Orleans feels like the place that's going to be able to give him that opportunity as opposed to maybe some of the environments that he's been involved in in the past. I was in Green Bay. Everyone talks about, oh, you're running back now. What does this mean for you as, your, as a receiver, your abilities as a receiver? And, you know, I've always said I don't I don't believe I necessarily have to fit into a box. You know, I can sit in a running back room and still do things as a, as a wide receiver. I can sit in a receiver room and still do things as a running back. Um, my ultimate goal is just to be able to play and help the team in any way I can. And God has blessed me with some gifts and abilities, and I just want to be able to to take advantage of those. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to be 
to be here. So it's clear that Ty Montgomery is excited to be in New Orleans and be a part of this system that's allowed very versatile players to continue to thrive in many different roles. He's mentioned, you know, Taysom Hill. He mentioned Alvin Kamara. But he goes on to mention a few other players that he's also spent some time with in Green Bay that have also been a part of this New Orleans Saints system in the past and how he utilized some of the conversations that he's had with them to make his decision to come to New Orleans. You know, from the outside looking in, um, talking with uh, ex-teammates and whatnot, you know, we just discussed how New Orleans actually be a perfect fit for me. Um, just because there's times where I remember one year it was uh, Mark and, and Alvin. You didn't know who – you couldn't really tell who was the starter. Um, both those guys had a lot of production, um, you know, easily, you know, over the 1,200 all-purpose yard mark. Taysom Hill, um, we were actually in Green Bay together, and so I already knew what kind of athlete he was. So, so to see him thrive, catch balls, run the football, throw the football, um, I, you know, I was already pretty familiar with um, with this offense and this offense putting guys in positions to win. Um, obviously, being being with Jimmy in Green Bay, he talked about it a little bit. Um, watching what Jared Cook has been doing, we were in Green Bay together. You know, it's just a it's just a place where anybody can thrive, really. Some major connections for Ty Montgomery to New Orleans before ever signing this contract. Spending time with Jimmy Graham, who operated as that wide receiver tight end. He reported to the tight end room for tight end meetings, but was often lined up as a wide receiver. So much, in fact, that he actually ended up bringing the Saints to litigation for it. You look at the way that uh, Jared Cook is now used in this offense as somebody that lines up majority in line, but also can line up in the slot and out wide. That's the guy that Ty Montgomery has spent some time with. Of course, the Saints signed Taysom Hill away from the Green Bay. Packers. So now you can see that Ty Montgomery had access to all the information that he needed to make an educated decision on signing with New Orleans and now looks forward to having an opportunity to really go out and fight for a spot on a field that's going to allow him to showcase his skills, whether it be from the receiver position, whether it be from the running back position, and whether it be doing either role from either position, wherever it is that he ends up lining up, he has the ability to affect the field all over the field. And he's looking forward to being able to bring that here to New Orleans. So with the signing of Ty Montgomery, the Saints continue to build a stable of extremely versatile and flexible players. You look at the offensive line with barely any offensive lineman at this point, really only playing one position. You look at even the wide receivers and the way that people can move around in the slot and outside. You look at Ty Montgomery, Taysom Hill, you look at Alvin Kamara, all these guys that can serve multiple roles on this offense. And Ty Montgomery just continues to add to that. And maybe somebody that doesn't get a lot of attention when it comes to his versatility is Michael Thomas, who can play outside as well as in the slot. And that's what we're going to be talking about next, because he's going at the throats with his Michael Jordan mentality of any wide receiver that dares cross his path via social media or however it is that they're getting their message out that they're in the same conversation as him. Michael Thomas is not having it. And that's what we're going to be talking about next here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by Built Bar. And since today's theme seems to be versatility, I thought we'd talk a little bit about the versatility of Built Bars because they're fantastic if you need just a quick snack, if you want to just boost the intake of protein throughout the day, if you need a meal replacement, whatever it is that you need, Built Bars got you. Built Bar is basically the Taysom Hill 
of protein bars for you Saints fans. It is the Taysom Hill of protein bars. And again, tastes incredible. Tastes amazing. Tastes like a candy bar. You don't even feel like you're just eating a protein bar, but you are. You're getting all that protein. You're getting all the nutrition, and it's healthy for you. They're way lower in in calories, way lower in sugar than the other competitors. Built Bar is the way to go, and you can try them out. You can get an 18-bar box. You can customize it, pick from 16 different flavors, as well as potentially add on a box of one of the new flavors as well, and mango and peach cobbler. All you got to do is go to BuiltBar.com and be sure to use the promo code Locked On to get $10 off of your first box. Again, it's promo code Locked On for $10 off of your first box of the Taysom Hill of Protein Bars at BuiltBar.com. All right, y'all, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. As always, thank you all very much for being here. If this is your first time catching the show, please take a moment to subscribe or follow wherever it is that you listen to your podcast, whatever is most appropriate to that system. Uh, it's always very helpful, and I appreciate y'all being here. And we still have a lot of fun to get through this offseason. I know a lot of people will tell you that this is the quote-unquote dead period, but not here at Locked on Saints. We've always got something to talk about. And it's easy when you're covering a team like the New Orleans Saints that just always seems to have something going on, whether it be signing another player or there's just something entertaining to discuss. And this is one of those examples of simply something just entertaining to discuss because there was this Instagram post that was floating around on one of the many NFL meme uh, Instagram accounts that mentioned, you know, is it harder to A, catch a pass while being guarded by Stefan Gilmore or B, guard Michael Thomas and keep him from catching a pass. And Devontae Parker, who I think was probably just going on about his day and ended up seeing that post and didn't think anything of it, commented and said A, and then Michael Thomas went for his throat and just simply wrote back basically saying, uh, for you maybe, <laughs> as to say I can catch a pass on Stefan Gilmore with no problem. That I, I don't know what you're talking about. And then they kind of went back and forth a little bit. You know, Devontae Parker accused uh, Michael Thomas of being in his feelings a little bit and everything. And Michael Thomas basically shut him down by saying, like, look, dude, it took you three years and 17 games or however many seasons and 17 games to have one good game in the NFL. I lapped you. You've been in a year longer. Don't forget Devontae Parker came into the league a year before Michael Thomas did. And for a little while, Michael Thomas had double the receiving yards that Devontae Parker had. Now, Devontae Parker had a very nice year last year, a very nice year last year. It took him some time to get there, but Michael Thomas still leads him by over 2,000 receiving yards uh, at this time. And his you know catches aren't even a comparison considering you know, what Michael Thomas has done over the last couple of years. But Michael Thomas is far and away beyond what Devontae Parker has become as a wide receiver in the NFL. Now, he has the opportunity to be better this year in 2020 than he was last year. We'll see exactly who his quarterback ends up being. I think it's going to be uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, but, you know, we'll see exactly what goes on there. But this is not a comparison at all. And this is the really entertaining thing about Michael Thomas is that Michael Thomas knows it. Michael Thomas knows that he's the best wide receiver in the NFL in today's NFL. He knows that he's the best wide receiver. And I know a lot of people like to, you know, give him slack and everything like that because or give him flack, excuse me, because of the fact that he catches a lot of slant routes and everything. But Nick Underhill did a fantastic job at breaking that down to where if you remove all the slant routes, Michael Thomas still leads the NFL in catches and receiving yards. If you look at what he's done and how effective he's been, not only in the short area of the field, but also the intermediate and deep area, he wins at every level. Uh, Reception Perception did a fantastic chart of his route tree in 2019 and 2018 and 2019. And it's like green the entire way through. There's maybe one or two 
uh, routes that aren't. But his route tree is incredible because he has, as Steve Smith said on NFL Network, a PhD in route running. Steve Smith also said that Michael Thomas should go out in 2020 and catch 165 passes just to shut everybody up. And I would love to see that. I don't think that that's going to be the case because Emmanuel Sanders is there now. They've got Jerry Cook. A lot of people that can catch the pass. Yeah, you know, they can catch a, catch the ball uh, and be effective in the passing game. I tried to almost swapped up those two phrases there for a second, especially now with Ty Montgomery coming in too and potentially earning himself a spot if he gets the chance on this roster. He can be a factor in that part of the game too. So I don't think that Michael Thomas goes out there and as I've said before, breaks the record that he set last year with over 149 catches in 2020. But I'll be damned if he doesn't go out there and try. (laughs) And that's just who Michael Thomas is. The other thing that happened with Nick Underhill the other day is that he took to Twitter to talk about how, you know, watching The Last Dance, the only other player that he's ever met that has that same type of Michael Jordan mentality in terms of like keeping a list, which Michael Thomas did talk about, is that... It is Michael Thomas. He's the only other guy that has that kind of mentality to where he'll create a challenge where there is no challenge. And that's okay. You like that. You like that from your competitors. It's interesting to see people kind of, uh, you know, pull back a little bit when they find that Michael Thomas is being that guy and being like, oh, you know, some people find that abrasive, some people, whatever. But for the most part, he's a competitor and it's just that simple. You know what I mean? Like, don't think that Drew Brees is any different. Drew Brees just isn't going to go out on social media and do it. Michael Thomas is new age. He's going to go out on social media. He's going to let everybody know how he feels. And that's fine. I love that. He also talked with The Athletic and they asked him a little bit about what he's doing to, uh, to keep himself sort of you know, fit and um, ready going into the season with this weird offseason. And he said, you know, look, I'm not going to talk about what I'm doing. I don't really share that kind of information, but I have been working and everyone will be able to tell, which I don't know about y'all, but that's kind of (laughs) scary. That's a little scary to hear when you have a dude like Michael Thomas, who's already dominating, telling you that, oh, don't worry, though, you'll be able to tell that I've been putting work in this offseason. That's wild. And so I can't wait to see what he does. Maybe he does get those 165 catches that Steve Smith uh, brought up. But but the biggest thing is that when you look at the New Orleans Saints and the structure of the New Orleans Saints, we know Drew Brees is a fierce competitor. We know Michael Thomas is a fierce competitor. We know uh, Cam Jordan, who's the leader of that defense, same way. Demario Davis, same way. uh, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, same way. The mentality of competitors on this football team is absolutely I would I would say near incomprehensible. <laughs> I would say nearly incomprehensible because of how many competitors they have on this team. And that's one of the reasons why this team remains, excuse me using the word again, competitive season after season after season. And it's been in the playoffs three straight years and has been a 13-3 and team two years in a row with an opportunity to get back to the playoffs again. And not only that, an increased opportunity to get back to the playoffs because there's now an increased number of teams in the playoff field with an additional team in each conference. So Just looking at Michael Thomas and the way that he conducts himself and the way that he continuously finds ways to challenge himself, better himself, and make himself better, and looking at the other players around this team that absolutely show the same, you can see that the mentality in in, in New Orleans is simply different than what you see elsewhere in the NFL. And right now, one of the biggest examples of it, and probably the guy that's going to be the leader of that type of mentality after Drew Brees is done in New Orleans, is without a doubt the best wide receiver in the league in Michael Thomas.
So while the Saints clearly have a ton of talent over on the offensive side, led by guys with fierce competitive natures like Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, the defense, not much different. And this defense has been one of the best in the league against the run season after season over the last three years. And so we'll talk next about how many games the Saints have not allowed a 100-yard receiver. And in 2020, the backs that they'll face that have the best chance to finally break that century mark on the ground, potentially against this very stingy run defense that's coming up next here on Locked on Saints your team every day all right Huda Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints once again brought to you by Built Bar make sure you use the promo code locked on at builtbar.com to get $10 off of your first box and check out the new flavors that are there as well so I wanted to jump in and talk a little bit more to wrap up today's show about the Saints run defense the Saints have not allowed a 100-yard rusher, regular season or playoffs, doesn't matter. Regular season or playoffs does not make a difference. Since 2017, week 11, the game against Washington, which was an absolute thriller. The overtime win, uh, you know, Alvin Kamara with the bobbling catch and getting into the end zone. Crazy, crazy game. Wild game and a lot of fun. But that was the last time that the Saints allowed a 100-yard rusher. That 100-yard rusher was Samaji Piran, who some of you probably just went like, who? But Samaji Piran, who ran for 117 yards. Since then, no single game running back has run for over 100 yards. Not not Christian McCaffrey, not Saquon Barkley, not Ezekiel Elliott. Ain't nobody done it against this Saints run defense that is led by guys like, of course, who I mentioned earlier, Cam Jordan, as well as Demario Davis, but also some great run stuffers in the middle. David Onyemata is fantastic against the run. Sheldon Rankins has been very good against the run. Marcus Davenport has been excellent against the run. A.J. Klein was a big part of that. Now they lose A.J. Klein, but opposite that, this defense... The front seven essentially looks the exact same. And you're adding a guy that was very productive against the run in college in Zach Bond. So very, very good uh, shape right now for that front seven to continue to be uh, good against the run defense. But it's not just that front seven, right? Like P.J. Williams, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson operating in the slot. They get involved in the run game a lot. They're great against it. Von Bell was a big part of that. You lost Von Bell, but don't worry. You've got Malcolm Jenkins, who plays up near the line of scrimmage just as much as Von Bell does, or at least did when he was in Philadelphia. I imagine he'll do the same thing back in New Orleans. So this is a very, very good uh, setup right now for the Saints that are going into 2020, having not allowed a 100-yard rusher in 44 games. Again, that's combined regular season and postseason. So let's take a look at some of the top running backs that the Saints will face in 2020 who have the best shot to maybe eclipse that century mark, that 100-yard mark for the first time in however many games by the time we get to that point. Now, I'm just going to talk about two guys here that I think have the best shot of doing it, but you're going to see an article go up tomorrow over at Canal Street Chronicles that talks about the five best running backs that the Saints are going to face in 2020 as well as asking for your opinion uh, on who those guys may be as well. So feel free to drop that at Ross Jackson NOLA or in the Locked on Saints Facebook group. Or if you want to call and leave your opinion, 504-229-4265, 504-229-4265. And you can hear yourself here on the show. But that's just a way for y'all to get involved. But let's talk now about two running backs that I think have the greatest opportunity to break that uh, 100-yard rushing mark in a single game against the Saints for the first time. And again, at this point, longest active streak, 
44 games. It's going to be longer by the time that they play because the first guy that I have on this list is Christian McCaffrey. Now, Christian McCaffrey doesn't play against the Saints until week seven. So that means with that bye week, uh, the week before, there's going to be five additional games down. So this would be 49 games into the streak by the time that they face Christian McCaffrey for the first time. But there's good reason to believe that Christian McCaffrey won't do it. But he plays against the Saints twice. He's an extremely talented running back. So that's why I have him on this list as the most likely to do it. However, I don't know that he will because he, first of all, hasn't been that successful against the Saints. Uh, in, in three of his six games against the Saints so far, he's run for less than 20 yards, 18 and then two for 16, both of those in 2017. And then the first game that he played, I'm sorry, the, the second game that he played against them in week 17 of the 2018 season. So that could have to do with the fact that he probably didn't play a ton of snaps either. I mean, he only carried the ball four times in that instance. So he doesn't, he didn't play a lot, but even in games where he carried over 20 times or over 15 times, let's say 53 yards in 2018. And then in their first contest week 12 of last year 64 yards and that's the most that he's had against the Saints a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're playing from behind or they're playing in really really tough games look Sean Payton is going to do everything he can to stick it to Joe Brady as quickly as possible and I think a lot of that is going to be saying hey here's how effective this offense is supposed to look because you're not as good as I am and I think that Sean Payton's going to do that and so I think that's that game is going to open up with an early deficit that the Panthers are going to have to try to throw themselves out of so if for any reason that game is close or if for any reason that game is the game to where Christian McCaffrey is able to get some rushing yards in and, and is able to see another 20 carries I think he has a good chance He's extremely talented and we can't deny that he's got a shiny new contract. So he's going to want to go out there against a division rival and uh, and show that and show that to his team. So he's somebody that I'll throw on there. The second guy that I have on the list is Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook on Christmas Day, which would be a horrible Christmas present for Saints fans. But on Christmas Day, that's week 16. That's the 15th game of the season. So by that time, they've already played 14. So that means that this would be at 58 games by then. But Dalvin Cook has a chance to do it. He almost did it. He almost did it uh, against them in the wildcard round, 94 yards in that game. So he was very, very close to breaking that century mark in that game. So I give him the the odds to be able to do it again. And the reason why he was so successful last time in those 94 yards against them in the in the wildcard game is because the Saints had so much trouble containing the edges. They could not set an edge for their life. And I don't think you're going to see that again, especially if Marcus Davenport is healthy that late into the season this time. That's going to be a big part of that run defense. And now you have guys that are super, super athletic to add to this defense, like Malcolm Jenkins, like uh, and like Zach, Zach Bond, that's going to be added there as well. So uh, it, it's going to be tough, but he's logically the guy that I would give the next shot to. Now, of course, there's the opportunity that it's somebody that we're not even thinking about. It could be Damian Williams or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who played very well last time he was in the Superdome, if you happen to miss it as an LSU fan, if you're not an LSU fan. But he played very well last time he was in the Superdome. Could happen again in their Week 15 matchup So with the Kansas City Chiefs. So we'll see what happens there, because you have to remember that the last guy that did this was Samaji Piran. So looking out this early is fun, and I can easily say that to me, those two guys, Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook, probably have the best chance of doing it. But they also play against some other very good running backs, Aaron Jones, Josh Jones as well in Oakland, and then whoever ends up being the lead back in Tampa Bay by the time they get around there. I imagine Ronald Jones, but we'll see what happens. You know, they do play Todd Gurley, though there's already concerns about his health from the Atlanta Falcons organization. So it could be somebody that we're not expecting. But to me, those two guys are the guys that have the greatest chance to do this, particularly when you look at the opportunities that Christian McCaffrey is going to get in that he plays against the Saints twice. Again, one of them is a week. 
week 17 game, so we'll see what happens. And then just past production against the team in Dalvin Cook's case with what we saw in the wildcard round last year. But again, could be somebody that we're not even thinking of, just like it was the last time that somebody went over with Samaji Piran going for 117 yards. So we'll see if anybody's going to be able to do it or if the Saints end up going a third complete season in a row without allowing a 100-yard rusher, which... It's kind of where I would put my money at this point, because again, they're returning this unit and barring any injuries, they're going to be very, very good against the run, maintaining who has been very good against the run consistently over the last couple of years. All right, y'all, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Saints. If you want to hear a little bit more about what's going on around the NFL, check out and tell your smart device to play the podcast Draft Dudes. Hear a little bit more from Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino about what's going on in terms of uh, these new players coming into the league, whatever it is that you're most interested in. If it is draft related, these guys have you covered. Make sure you come back tomorrow as we continue on throughout. We'll do a little bit of a throwback Thursday. Take a look at you know some of the last games that the Saints have played against some unfamiliar opponents on the 2020 schedule and we'll also continue to look through uh, some of the more competitive position groups that the Saints will play before next week we'll get started with our position by position breakdown naming all 90 players on the roster and giving you a little something to hold on to about each one of those guys before training camp begins thank you so much as always everybody for coming through once again I'm Ross Jackson you can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson N-O-L-A hit me up let me know how the family's doing let me know how you live in let me know how you mom and him tell your friends family and fellow saints fans about the show if you haven't already please take a moment to subscribe drop that five star rating and review i thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family this has been locked on saints and trust you that nation i'll holla at you